This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boy, Jonathan. A lot of technical difficulties to start the episode. You're going to find out why in just a moment. It is March 23rd, 2020. We're going to bring you guys some coronavirus updates this week, talk some NFL. We have some big news specifically pertaining to the podcast. So as a lot of you are aware, the last couple of weeks I've been looking for a new co-host for the show. Uh, I had a really great response to that. I appreciate everybody that reached out and uh, you know expressed their interest in joining the show. It was a little bit overwhelming. Had some great talks. A lot of people impressed me, um, but there was one guy that just kind of stood out above everybody else, and I'm happy, I'm excited to announce and to introduce my buddy, Luke Sylvia. How are you doing, my friend? Man, I'm awesome, and uh, you know, as you and I had kind of talked in conversation uh, throughout the whole process, I had been looking for an outlet, uh, something to kind of get going. Um, whether that was, you know, talking, uh, on here, streaming video games, I had no idea. I just know I, I wanted into this world, um, as I do work in production as my full-time job and talking to you, uh, kind of solidified everything that, uh, the six man show, uh, is definitely my podcast home. I like it, man. Like I said, very, very excited to have you. Um, I did want to introduce you to, you know, some of the listeners and, you know, give them an opportunity to learn more about you, Luke. Um, so just kind of run us down, you know, how you became an Orlando Magic fan. Give us some of your, your background with, you know, like the Lakeland Magic. And, you know, you've been with, uh, you know, a couple of radio stations and, and gotten some great experience there. So just kind of run the listeners that, you know, that don't know much about you. Just run it down. Let them know what you're all about, what you've done, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So initially, uh, I got my start in radio uh, back in my hometown of Ocala, Florida, um, I had got my start there doing sports radio, started out just cutting commercials, production stuff, and then eventually, uh, allowed me to have my own segment, um, an hour to a week, um, uh, where I got to line up guests. So I had, you know, guys who we love with the Orlando magic, like Philip Rossman Reich was on the show, um, with me at one point. And so, um, yeah, man, that's kind of where I got my start. Then I went to the university of Florida, um, got my degree in telecom production there, um, and then moved on, uh, and as you referred to, uh, the Lakeland Magic, I interned there for a year as their main production guy, recording videos, um, creating graphics, uh, producing the shows for the games, um, and now I am actually in Omaha, Nebraska, as I'm the uh, live event director of the University of Nebraska, Omaha, not to be confused with the Cornhuskers. Uh, we are you know, part of that uh, university, um, but we are separate when it comes to athletics. So um, that is kind of catching up on where I'm at, how I got here, um, and excited to get started. Cool, man. And and just so that, you know, Magic fans have a little bit more of a background, you, you've seen, you know, like the glory days of the Orlando Magic, especially, you know, from, you know, people around our age, you know, kind of, you know, 20 to 30, that demographic there. And you saw a lot of that, like, live, up close and personal. We're talking, you know, floor seats, you know, seeing Dwight Howard battle, you know, night in and night out. So tell the listeners about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so 2004 was really when I started keeping up with the Magic. Uh, knew there was this uh, big man who was going to be a sensation in the NBA, uh, Dwight Howard. And so we drafted him right out of high school, obviously, and I had been kind of glued to the Magic ever since. Um, I was blessed um, to have a family friend that gave us, uh, you know, courtside seats um, growing up and was just I didn't realize how blessed I was to not only have that, but to be able to see Dwight Howard up close and personal. Uh, that was incredible. So uh, for me, that's kind of what sparked my interest, as you can imagine, um, you know, being there, you know, X amount of times a year, getting to see that team. And then they make the finals eventually, as we know. And um, and man, I've kind of stuck through it thick and thin, as all of us have uh, over the past uh, years. Right, man. I really just wanted to bring that up because I'm incredibly jealous of you because of that. So I just <laughs> want the, the listeners to know that so that they can be, you know, share in my my jealousy and my envy, man. But but that's awesome. <laughs> Um, one of the big things that stuck out to me, um, you know, in our initial, you know, conversation and, um, you know, kind of gauging your interest and, and seeing if you would be a good fit was obviously, you know, your experience, your passion and everything like that. But really the way that you and I kind of seem to gel, you know, right off of the bat. So um, once again, really excited to have you on board 
and you know people are going to find out pretty shortly what we've been working on this week. Um, but like I mentioned on Twitter the other day, you're already bringing the show to you know unseen heights. So, but yeah, man, just once again from me, one last time. I know I've told you five million times. I'm so excited to have you on the show and welcome. And I, I think this is going to be absolutely awesome. So, I so, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, like I've, I said last week on the show, this, the show is going to get weird. We have no Orlando Magic basketball to talk about. We have no NBA basketball. We don't have any sports really at all to talk about. The only thing that we really have that went on this past week was NFL offseason, right? So a couple of big things happened. I mean, Tannehill, the Titans were kind of going all in. You know, they saw the success that he had in like the, the second half of, of the regular season and in the playoffs last year. Um, and, and I don't really know how I feel about that. I'd like to get your take on that. My, my perspective is really that Derrick Henry was the guy that, that got them there, right? Marcus Mariota that making the transition to Tannehill. Tannehill was, was phenomenal, but do you really buy into Tannehill, you know, being a, a guy that can, um, you know, get you to a, a Super Bowl and potentially win you a Super Bowl if you're there in Tennessee? As long as Derrick Henry's there. I mean... Right. You, you look at that team and you look at what got them that far, especially in the postseason. Derrick Henry went to another level. Uh, and so to see him do that, number one, super happy for him that he was able to finally, um, you know, get on that national stage and get that far. Um, you know, knocking off top teams in the league on the way, doing it in the hardest environments on the way. Uh, Tannehill, biggest thing with him is he just got, he has to be competent. Um, and just not make the turnovers, make the smart decisions. I think that they can get that in Tannehill. Um, I think as long as they hang on to Derrick Henry, then then they'll be able to stay relevant and kind of shock teams in the playoffs because when Derrick Henry's on, there's not much you can do to stop him. So my question is this. Do you really think that you know the, the Derrick Henry explosion that we saw you know, specifically in like the last, what was that, four or five weeks of the regular mm-hmm. season and going into the playoffs. Do you think that's sustainable? Because what he's been in the league, what is it, two, three years now, and has single-handedly sunk one of my fantasy teams in the past. I took him in like the third or fourth round, thinking he was going to be my running back number two, and it just really never came to fruition. So as much as they're going to be relying on Derrick Henry to carry a lot of the offensive load, you know, next year in the regular season, because you got to think now teams are really going to be game planning for Derrick Henry. They saw what he was capable, especially, you know, in the the playoffs. Um, so do you see that being a, a realistic possibility going forward with the Tennessee Titans that they're going to be able to rely on that week in and week out? You know, man, I, I don't know. Um, I know that, you know, in his last two years of, you know, getting solid starts, um, this year was the most games that he had started and played. Um, and that was at 15 games, I believe. So for him, he's still getting going. I mean, he's, he's 25 years old, probably 26 by now. Um, I, I just think that he's got, he's got a couple years left in him where he's going to be that workhorse. Um, I not to say they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that the Tennessee Titans will win a Super Bowl. Um, but if there was a guy to give them a chance, Derrick Henry, I think he can keep this up for a little bit longer. Um, I, I just think he's a workhorse, man. I think that that he's pretty incredible. I, I, w- I would agree with if he's able to, if this is really a product of just him, you know, we talk about Mo Bamba, right? You and I have had a, a couple of, you know, personal conversations off the mic, obviously. Um, right. But we talked about Mo Bamba being a guy that if he's able to get more minutes, you've seen a trend in his production, you know, also kind of, um, you know, correlating with his increase in minutes. So um, if you're if you're confident that Derrick Henry, you know, now the fact that he's, you know, getting more consistent touches, if he can, you know, keep that up, uh, yeah, then maybe the, the, you know, some level of success that Tennessee had last year is going to be consistent. Um, that hot streak they went on with Tannehill, I don't know if that um, is mm-hmm. something that they're, they're going to be able to sustain. But like you said, I don't see them winning a Super Bowl as long as uh, you know there's that guy in Kansas City slinging the rock, Patrick Mahomes. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard for any team, in my opinion, the foreseeable future to come out of the AFC. But but we'll yeah. see. And and you know you talk about Kansas City being in Omaha. I'm about two and a half hours, three hours from Kansas City. Uh, not much out here in Nebraska besides Cornhusker football and Chiefs football and this place was red all through football season for for the Cornhuskers 
and for the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Um, that's an incredible team, but there is another quarterback we want to talk about. Um, another that, AFC quarterback, or previously AFC quarterback. Right. And, Good transition. You know, hit, this this hit, is why I brought you on the show. <laughs> Stuff like that. that flawless transition. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It. No problem. And, so, Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two years, wow. $50 million, um, $9 million extra in incentives. And, I mean... It's Tom Brady, man. It's it doesn't Tom matter. Freaking Brady. He, I'm not a Bucks fan. He's 43, yeah. and I'm not a Bucks fan. But living in the Tampa area, it's just insane that Tom Brady is going to be. You know, we're assuming he's going to live here. Obviously, you know, he, he's got to make it to the stadium every day for practice. Yep. Tom Brady is going to be living in Tampa, playing for the Bucks. It, insane and. The one thing that I actually saw that really speaks volumes to Brady and who he is as a player, you can say what you want about Brady, you know, uh, his scandals to Flategate, things, things like that, cheater, whatever you want. He's a winner, and he is a leader, and he knows what it takes. They said that uh, a report I read right before we jumped on here to record was that Tom Brady had not requested anything but one thing. He didn't request the number 12 jersey. He, he didn't request... Um, much at all the only thing he requested was that i get every player's number on the tampa bay bucks that's all i want and so that that speaks to tom brady it speaks volumes about the leader he is you can hate on him like i said all you want but he's a winner he's a leader and getting his 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 teammates numbers um his teammates obviously are going to be ecstatic about that from the defensive linemen to guys that aren't going to really rub shoulders with him too much um and and you know kickers punters they've got to be ecstatic and they're going to get to talk to tom brady he's going to have all their numbers and and that's just kind of the leader that tom brady is there's uh these next couple years are going to be very interesting to see what he can do with the bucks and we're going to find out a lot of things you know there's been a lot of chatter about belichick can he do it without tom brady tom brady is just a system quarterback and he relies on bill belichick in that system we're going to find out this year what the two have in you know what they have to prove and uh, they both are in for big seasons. Um, Belichick is going to have to do a lot with not much. And Tom Brady now has one of the best receiving cores he's ever had, maybe the best he's ever had. I love the, the point that you made that, you know, he didn't request the number 12 jersey or anything like that. But if you're Chris Godwin, you walk <laughs> into the locker room, you take that jersey off your back, and you hand it to the GOAT. Oh, Chris Godwin has never been more excited to switch jersey numbers That's, for somebody oh, in his man. life. That's awesome. But, you know, I love the points that you made about, you know, him being a great leader, reaching out to all of his teammates. And a lot of those guys, you know, that's like being a, a teammate of like LeBron James or, or Kevin Durant. You've been looking up to these guys your entire life. And like you said, now they're going to be able to rub shoulders with him, say what's up to him in the locker room and everything like that. So, yeah, man, crazy that we have Tom Brady in, in the NFL and, and the, I mean, in Tampa as their starting quarterback in the foreseeable future. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, though, that you kind of touched on was the Patriots situation. Now, uh, you know, they're without a starting quarterback, um, at least assumingly. You know, they have Jared Stidham, who right now would be their QB number one. Available quarterbacks, you know, we're talking about possibly Andy Dalton, you know, Jameis Winston, that name has been thrown around a lot. Carolina has been exploring trade options with Cam Newton. So what do you think happens you know, who do you think is the, the QB1, uh, you know, week one of the NFL season for the New England Patriots, assuming that we get to that this year? Oh, man. I So today, um, you know, there's been a lot of chatter because Brian Hoyer is now uh, a New England Patriot. Oh, boy. Uh, and I... I don't know. I don't I don't know if you roll with Stidham or if you go with Hoyer. Um I just really don't know what you do. Um I'm going to assume they probably go with Brian Hoyer, uh which sheesh. Um I don't know, man. It's going to be a very interesting uh season for the Patriots. I I think like I said, my I love that Belichick is going to have to do something with nothing. Um and that, that's not because that's that's not a slight at Bill Belichick. That's because I really genuinely want to see what he can do. And um, if you go in there and you win with with Brian Hoyer or or Jared Stidham, like I don't know, man. That that says that all need, that needs to be said about Bill Belichick that he never needed Tom Brady, um, right. but Tom Brady sure helped. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's going to say a lot 
you know, as far as that dynamic goes, once the season starts, uh, I think, you know, this year we've still got 16 games, and then the following year that's when they're extending the regular season out to 17 games. But the 16 games of the regular season this year are, are really going to tell us, like you said, all that we need to know about that dynamic, you know, with Bill and Brady over the last 20 years. Was it more Bill? Was it more Brady? And we're going to get all the answers that we need in this upcoming season. So, uh, mm-hmm. But enough NFL. This is a, an Orlando Magic podcast. Um, and, and that's kind of where we're going to pivot now to the NBA into the Orlando Magic. Just wanted to touch briefly, you know, we've had guys like Nikola Vucevic, Mo Bamba, Markel Fultz, all these guys that have stepped forward and said, you know, we're going to, alongside with ownership of the Orlando Magic, we're going to try to help take care of, you know, the, the arena workers here at the Amway Center. And one kid that is even taking it a step further is, is Jonathan Isaac. So everybody knows how, how great of a kid, you know, that he is. He's recently became an you know, ordained minister. Um, you know, David Steele has coined him as the minister of defense on the floor. Uh, but now, um, as reports are coming in today, and he's, you know, sharing on his social media accounts that he's going to be partnering with Jump Ministries, you know, his church in Orlando, and they're going to be helping, you know, feed people in the community during this, you know, financial hardship period of time now with the coronavirus and everything like that. So how lucky are we to have a, a kid like that, not as, you know, not only as great of a player as he is on the floor, but as great of a person as he is off of the court and in the community? Yeah, I'm Jonathan Isaac is, he's just a stand-up guy on and off the court. Uh, he competes hard. He puts it all out on the court, and then he also does it off the floor. I mean, like you said, just just partnering with Jump Ministries and getting something started, um, you know, for the greater good of of Orlando and surrounding areas, um, as well as the nation. And I think that shows how big of an impact Jonathan Isaac will continue to have um, for the Orlando, um, you know, community. It sure doesn't hurt from a PR perspective to have a guy like that. Right, and and that that's the thing, exactly, kind of what you're mentioning, like the 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 PR and, and kind of the public perception. Um, if you guys have not heard, I know we're all kind of struggling with things to do during this time of quarantine, the, all this downtime that we have now. Uh, you're you're binge watching Netflix shows and, and Hulu series and, and everything like that. But um, the NBA has actually come out and announced that uh, starting a few days ago running through April 22nd. They're actually making NBA League Pass free for everyone. So that's kind of like their unlimited access where you can go in and you can rewatch games from you know this previous regular season um, in a few different formats. There's like condensed viewing, which is more sped up, or you can watch the entire broadcast. Uh, but you can also watch you know NBA Classic games as well. So if you guys hadn't heard about that already, definitely uh, encourage you guys during this time of quarantine to, to go and check all that out. Um, as we're talking about the quarantine, you and I, we did want to talk about this. So, um, as you know, Rudy Gobert, the news came out that he had tested positive for coronavirus. And then that night they kind of shut down the Chesapeake energy arena in OKC to allow all the Utah jazz players to be tested and their staff and everything like that. I think they went through like 58 coronavirus tests that night. And at the time, really, I mean, we're st- the country is still getting to a point where these coronavirus tests are, are more available to you know the general public and everything like that as far as getting more people tested that are showing symptoms. But pretty early on in this process, people were struggling to get those coronavirus tests. And now we see, you know, all these players, like I said, Donovan Mitchell, Christian Wood, there's been, you know, four Brooklyn Nets players as well as Kevin Durant that have now tested positive for coronavirus. I think they also tested the entire Celtics uh, roster. So um, right now it's it's really a point of contention as far as NBA players possibly receiving preferential treatment when it comes to receiving the coronavirus test. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. What are your feelings on that? You know, we, we read this SB Nation article that came out this week kind of, you know, arguing both sides. So what kind of what's your take? What's your perception on, you know, the, the NBA players and their um, level of availability as far as the coronavirus testing goes? Well, my thing with, with that and is unfortunately, like, it's it sounds harsh and it might come across that way, but isn't that kind of how the world works? Like you've got money, you get what you want. Right. And so that, that is essentially what's come down to the, the people being tested right now, um, is, you know, because the government doesn't have the tests available for the, the general public. Right. Right. But when it comes to the NBA teams, they've got all this money 
uh, it almost it, it would be a disservice to, to how much money they have to not bring in a company, uh, which is what they're doing, a private company uh, or a private sector to come in and test all of their players. It would be kind of irresponsible for them not to do that because as kind of the SB Nation article goes on to talk about, um, they consider NBA players and M- anybody on the staff to be super spreaders. And that just means they, they, they talk to so many people, they touch so many hands, they, they sign so many basketballs that then are touched by the general public. Um, so much so that like, you, we don't know where, number one, where this even started. Um, and did it start with, you know, the, the kid that was getting his ball signed in Boston by Rudy Gobert? Was he the one that, that had it initially, or was it, you know, Rudy Gobert? And that's obviously not something we want to harp on as Rudy Gobert and, you know, all of his things that led up to this whole thing. But, um, it should be noted that, that it, it definitely could have not been him that started it. And actually in all likelihood, it probably wasn't. And, um, but, but, you know, that night, just that insane sequence of events with the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, the Thunder brought in their own, you know, private company to come in and test everybody. And, you know, they left. Um, that's why they were able to leave that night from the arena. Um, and I think, and I believe in quicker fashion than, than most ever, uh, all, you know, the Jazz in the arena as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's all to do with um, money and that's what they've got and they're doing the responsible thing. And that's, that's what they have to do is get all these tests. Um, I think it says more maybe about the government that doesn't have the amount of tests, just weren't prepared, um, for, for this type of pandemic. So, um, you know, uh, unfortunate, but the NBA is definitely not in the wrong for, for ordering these tests and it's not their fault. that They're getting all this access. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, uh, you know, kind of a sticky situation, you know, in my opinion, on the one hand, obviously you don't want to see people, you know, getting preferential treatment just because, you know, they have more money. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, unfortunately, that's the reality of our world, right? Um, if, if you've got money, you get in wealth and fame, you, sometimes you get preferential treatment. But then on the other hand, you're looking at this as like a, a real threat to public health, right? especially deeming them super spreaders. All the people that they're coming in contact on a normal basis, they're traveling around the country all the time. They're in a different city every single night. Um, you're, you're putting, you know, especially by keeping the NBA games going, and that was really the need for them to suspend the season, is that you're, you're putting, you know, the, the mass of the population, you know, at further risk if, if you continue to trot those guys out. And then just because of the amount of people that they come in contact with, um, you have to really let people know that have, potentially been exposed to that so I definitely see the need and the the reason for urgency uh you know for the NBA to to step in and get as many players as they feel like um you know have either been exposed or are now showing symptoms uh but but really what this comes down to with me is that you know unfortunately the government just wasn't really prepared um you know to to make the, the the testing as accessible as they needed to as quickly as they needed to and now we're seeing them take steps to improve that. Um, but, you know, really, at the end of the day, in my opinion, it's just really an unfortunate situation. But um, I'm glad to see that, you know, it seems like it, it's getting sorted out day by day. You know, there are more testing um, centers available. And that's why we're seeing this huge spike in numbers as far as people that have been tested positive for the coronavirus and the active cases and everything like that. So, man. This is this is really a, a tough thing that we're going through. You, you turn on the, the TV or you open up social media, you go to Twitter, anything like that. This is all that we're being just inundated with it. And I know how important it is, but it's like, man, like sometimes you just want to get away from it for a couple of minutes. So what what, it, what are some of the things that maybe you've been doing, you know, over the, the past couple of days or whatever to try to, you know, keep yourself busy or um, just try to keep your mind off of all this stuff that's going on right now? Well, you know, the other night, uh, I love that ESPN is showing, you know, all these things, uh, all these different, you know, throwbacks, these classic games. Um, the one that I watched that was pretty intriguing was the 2007 McDonald's All-American game. Um, and that was, you know, that was guys like Kevin Love, Eric Gordon, Blake Griffin, um, OJ Mayo, who was the MVP of that game. Uh, and it was just, it was fun. It was fun basketball. It was on a, you know, a 1080 by 1080, uh, dimensions. Um, so it didn't fit my TV, but I didn't care at all. I didn't care at all because it was something that I hadn't really necessarily watched before. Um, but I, but I do remember for whatever reason that OJ Mayo had balled out in that game, but I'd never watched the game in full. 
um, because you know some a lot of people do watch the McDonald's All American Game, but like not as many as people might say. Uh, so yeah, I got to sit down and watch that the other the other night actually. Um, and so that was pretty entertaining to have some type of basketball on. And I think ESPN's done a good job at, at keeping some type of, you know, sports entertainment on, on this, on their, uh, channel at all times. Um, and so I've done that. I've done a lot of, on the video game front, a lot of Call of Duty Warzone, uh, probably a little too much. Um, but it's been something that like, that's, that's just what I've been doing. And that's something that's kind of kept me, um, away from, the the outside world of all the negative news surrounding the coronavirus while still trying to stay informed um and then uh my wife and i lauren have just been hanging out um you know we we cooked something together the other night baked things and um hung out with some friends in a group of less than 10 uh yeah very important you got to make sure you're (laughs) keeping your social distance of course right right and you know making sure nobody has a fever or things like that but uh temperature checks at the door Right at the door. Yeah, that's it. But um, yeah, man, that that's pretty much it. Just been hanging out. Um, you know, starting this week, I'll be working from home, and so that'll be a, a lifestyle that I have to get used used to. Um, but but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man, I I've been working from home the last couple of months just because of you know some personal circumstances. But uh, what I'll what I will tell you is try to keep your routine um, as. as close to you know your typical work day as possible mm-hmm. and then obviously just try to eliminate distractions and stuff like that but really the reality is like in your downtime you're just gonna be watching a lot of youtube and and stuff like that so just just be prepared for all of that i did see that espn um it, i maybe it was today that they were going to re-air the uh villanova in north carolina national championship game from mm. a few years ago which i have shared yeah. with you that is like my single saddest moment as as a sports fan, like the 2009 finals, you, you kind of saw it coming, right? Right. You know, but I was a huge fan specifically of you know that that Tar Heels team specifically. Marcus Page was probably my all time favorite North Carolina Tar Heel. They're down four with like I don't. They were down nine with like four minutes left. They come back in that game. Marcus Page hits like the double clutch three with like four seconds left. I'm like, man, we're going to go into overtime. We're going to win this game. And then Richie Archidiacono comes down, dribble handoff to Chris Jenkins, who hits like a 35-footer at the buzzer. Fireworks are going off, and I've never felt more sad in my entire life. But then the next season, the UNC, what they called the Redemption Tour, they came back and were able to win the national championship, which made me feel a little bit better. But the fact that Marcus Page never got a national championship, that I will always carry that with me. So, yeah, man. So let's talk a little bit more NBA. Let's let's get away from the the coronavirus stuff. Let's talk some actual NBA. So um, Adam Silver appeared on the Jump this week, and they were you know talking to him about the status of the NBA season. Uh, you know when we might re- see a return to action. And whether or not that the season is just going to be canceled, right? And, and when asked that, he said, you know, I might be in denial, but I'm not there yet. So he's not ready to, to put the kibosh on the entire season. How do you feel about that? Do you see us returning to, to basketball anytime this season? The, the 2019-2020 season, do you see us actually finishing that out? Uh, well, like Adam Silver, I was trying to remain optimistic uh, really up until a couple days ago, I would say. Um just kind of everything hit me at once, you know, work telling me that like, we're going to be working from home. Um, how many more viruses have, have been confirmed, um, things like that. And just hearing it and, and, you know, hearing that, uh, the peak of this thing might not be until the middle of June. Um, kind of looking at that, I was like, well, I, I, I finally accepted it, uh, the other day. I, I do not think the NBA season's coming back. I think it's going to get canceled. Um, it's going to be very, very unfortunate. Uh, if that is the case, I would love to, uh, keep my optimism about it, but unfortunately I, I just think that the, I think we're too far gone in terms of, um, what's going on with this virus. I think that they're going to want to settle it in the here and now. Uh, I think that the, the playoff race will kind of make it a little weird, um, in terms of, you know, the magic wanting, you know, potentially being a seven seed, um, by the end of the season, if the regular season had played out as normal, um, as is the same with the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, the Pelicans were kind of, um, right on, on, 
on the feet of uh, of the Grizzlies, and I think that uh, they're gonna they were gonna eclipse them just like the Magic were gonna do with the Brooklyn Nets. So um, I think I'm at the point where I think there's too many complicated things they'd have to do to really make this all good. Um, you're looking at pushing back things for next season, and then you're kind of off schedule permanently unless you shorten next season as well so i i think that the best case um for the nba and their decision making is going to be um keeping you know the season as just no champion this year yeah that's a really that's a really tough pill to swallow for a lot of people you know including myself uh, like you said the we don't know really when the peak of this thing is going to happen you know we're trying to flatten the curve the best that we can um but like you, just the way that this thing has been tracking, especially just seems like every obviously every day with you know the availability of more testing, we're going to see more cases being confirmed. Mm-hmm. But I've just I've tried to play out so many different scenarios in my head, and really the only I think the only realistic way to continue the season would be to do this. So you go around the entire league, right? Because you know a lot of these guys are considered you know super spreaders. Go around yep. the entire league. You test every single player, every single staff member. You try to, you know, confirm and rule out as many people as you can. See where the numbers are at, you know, are at at that point to see if it's even feasible to put teams together. And then yeah. you've got to basically bring in them, their families, test everybody, confirm that everybody's negative for the <laughs> virus, basically lock them down. Right. And then, you know, maybe do, you know, how the NCAA tournament does where the first round, you know, there's for you know six different venues or whatever and you just use those you know neutral sites and then you play out the rest of the regular season the best that you can going into the playoffs find a way to broadcast it but apart from that it's just like if we resume to play like somebody's going to get infected they're going to continue to spread it and we're going to be right back you know where we are now so yeah and the the other thing to really consider is how long do people have coronavirus like rudy gobert still has it so much so that he tweeted out today that uh, he doesn't have a sense of smell and he hasn't for the past four days, three days. Uh, right. Same to do with his sense of taste. So it's kind of like, what, at what point do we even know? Like, you know, it, obviously it's a case by case scenario, but if Rudy Gobert still has it, you know, how long is he going to have it? Um, you know, there's probably still NBA players, unfortunately, they're going to get it and still don't know. Um, and I think that the more they test and it kind of goes with, you know, the general public of America is the same way, you know, and, and we don't know much about this virus at all. And that's the scariest part, uh, which is why I do think there's just going to be too many question marks. And, and unfortunately, they're going to have to probably shut it down. And it's such an unprecedented, you know, event and, you know, just the happenings of this entire thing that there's not like a benchmark. There's no rule book for this. It's not like, oh, well, if the infection rate gets below, you know, such and such number, we'll be good to go. Like everybody mm-hmm. is playing this thing by ear. I just think, like you said, there's too many questions. There's too many moving parts. And it's just going to be so hard to, to really, you know, say, OK, now it's safe to go back to playing. Like I, I haven't heard anything like that to where. We have a, a definite number. You know, they're saying, you know, the, the social distancing, the, the quarantining and everything like that. It might be a few weeks, flatten the curve, and then and then we might be okay, right? But there's just nothing definitive. Everything is just kind of theoretical at this point. So, but, yep. but we'll have to wait and see. The thing that you and I wanted to talk about is f- from a basketball aspect, Adam Silver did mention that, that maybe possibly that, you know, they're exploring the option of playing some kind of, you know, NBA charity game, almost like a like a pickup game, it seems like. So um, tell me what you might like to see out of that and, and kind of how you, you know, the way that he described that is maybe you get enough players together, test all of them, confirm that they're negative, and then, you know, find a way to broadcast this and everything like that. So um, what do you think the, the odds of that happening? And are we basically looking at like another all-star game? Or is this just going to be like a really like, Mod podge of different guys from around the league coming to to be unable to to you know partake in this right. if it happens. Yeah, and obviously there'd be no fans, um, which exactly. is a whole other thing. Um, which I so my personal opinion on this is that uh, and something that I recently just kind of popped in my mind would be cool to see. Um, I don't know if you know the the guy on Instagram. I think his name is Chris Brickley. 
um, he does all the summer running, the summer runs for the NBA players. So um, in the off season, uh, he did it during the lockout where he just has players come in and they play. We see a lot of footage of NBA players in that gym. Um, I think it would be cool to do something um, in that gym with Chris Brickley kind of heading up the whole thing. Um, and that way those guys kind of just feel like they're in those pickup games. And I think that they just format it that way. Uh, I think it would be really cool to have, you know, two hour block, hour block, I don't know, whatever ESPN or TNT, whoever picks it up wants to do and have those guys do just play games to, to 11 or 15 or 21, uh, whatever that may be for the viewers to see that and kind of get a glimpse into what those pickup games are like. I think personally, that's something that, that, that I would enjoy, um, probably more than just an NBA charity game that essentially looks like an all-star game with maybe just not as many all-stars. Um, I think that will be cool. A lot of people make jokes about, you know, I don't think anybody ever misses in that gym. I see that comment a lot. Um, but, but it'd be cool to see, you know, guys that we don't normally get to see play maybe in the NBA, like bench guys kind of take over a game that has NBA stars in it. Things we don't get to see on a night to night basis. The thing with me is if whatever we see, what whenever if this comes to fruition, which I have my doubts about, but you know I'm trying to be optimistic. If this mm-hmm. does come to fruition, we need this to be completely uncensored, live mics, everything. If you can't, you know, put it on regular, you know, cable television, I'm fine with that. If it's just a little rinky dink stream on Reddit, yeah. I'm completely fine with that. I want to, I want to hear these guys go at each other. I want to hear the trash talk. I want to hear all of that. We've heard people come up with that idea um you know as far as if they do return to play without fans but yeah if that comes to fruition that's like what I really need I feel like that would just be such a nice like change of pace for people give them an opportunity to to hear what those pickup games are, are look like and that that would just be absolutely incredible so even though we have our doubts as far as you know the, the NBA returning to you know the regular season or just the the 2019 2020 season as a whole mm-hmm. I did want to talk to you a little bit about you know the the current standings and what some of these playoff matchups would look like so um right now unfortunately Orlando our Orlando Magic as they are right now are in the eighth seed would end up matching up against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks you know we, we talked about the fact that if they were to you know finish the regular season that like basketballreference.com for instance had the magic you know with better odds to secure the seventh seed than the the Brooklyn Nets so it's it's a, a strong possibility that had the season finished the way that it was supposed to we would have been matching up with Toronto in the first round rather than Milwaukee Bucks but we also mentioned that you know if the season were to end like this we go right into the playoffs we would miss out on a on a potential like Pelicans and Lakers matchup and stuff like that so just talk talk a little bit about that kind of some of the matchups that that we'd be missing out on and and just kind of really what it means if we're just going to end the season we don't have a champion this year uh yeah, I mean, starting with the Bucks and the Magic, that'd be very, um, very unfortunate for Magic fans, I believe. As uh, we've as, seen in the regular season this year, right? I mean, it, it was it's three zero sweep so far, and and that just wouldn't bode well for us. We and the only way that 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 we have a chance, and by chance, I mean probably winning a game, is if right. Jonathan Isaac is in the lineup, right? Um, which is the only silver lining in all of this. You know, is if uh, if the league does get pushed back, they go into playoffs, maybe, you know, J.I. is healthy. Um, and then for NBA fans, who knows, maybe KD being healthy, which we've already kind of heard that, you know, rumblings that KD um, probably wouldn't participate regardless. Um, so that's unfortunate. But but yeah, man, I the Bucks aren't a favorable matchup for, for the Magic. We know that um, the Raptors would be better. Um, but neither series has gone our way this year in the regular season um, against those teams. So, um, so I would say the more desirable is the Raptors, but you know, then you get kind of down the line, you'd have Celtics 76ers would be exciting. Um, Heat Pacers would be exciting. I think the storyline that I'm going to be bummed. I didn't get to, to see um, how it played out was Celtics 76ers um, because the 76ers struggled so mightily on the road this year that I would love to see if they could pick up, a game um you know in boston same for the heat heat weren't as um dismal as the sixers on the road but the heat were not great on the road this year either um so to see them play dominant home teams as well yeah absolutely so you 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 probably say they they win all their home games but 
it just comes down to do they win their away games um, or do those game series all go to like seven games um, and then kind of jumping over to the West Lakers Grizzlies doesn't entertain me uh, besides Ja Morant and that's just kind of how that is unfortunately uh, Lakers probably sweep that but you know, you get into those other West Western Conference mashups, uh, Clippers versus the Mavs. It'd be fun to see Doncic go um, head to head with with Kawhi and PG. Um, Nuggets, Rockets um, would be exciting as well. Um, and you know, kind of seeing how that Rockets small ball lineup goes against the Nuggets and Jokic, um, Jazz, Thunder. You know, that it, it'd be entertaining. Donovan Mitchell and and CP3. Kind of the uh, enigma this season has been the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you know, seeing what they did, I was very interested to see how they fare in the postseason. And if the regular season just wasn't, you know, was, it was, if the regular season was a fluke, but you know, who knows for me, the way, the way the season was going, it, it's pretty much all, but a foregone conclusion that the bucks were going to come out of the East. Unfortunately, like you said, the magic are more than likely looking at a sweep there. I know I might be stepping on a few toes, but I don't think that's a, a big secret to most magic fans. Outside of that, Eastern Conference playoffs don't really excite me all that much. What I was looking forward to is the potential of, like you said, Lakers versus Grizzlies being able to see John Morant, or if the Pelicans were able to make that run at the end of the season and being able to see LeBron versus Zion potentially. But then seeing, you know, Luka Doncic, playoff Luka Doncic, playoff, you know, Kristaps Porzingis, being able to see guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander in the playoffs, you know, it seems like. We're finally, you know, getting to the point where there's going to be like this change of guard in the NBA for so many years now. You know, it's been it's been LeBron, it's been KD, it's been mm-hmm. Kyrie. It, it, the last couple of years, it, it's been Kawhi Leonard. You know, Paul George, stuff like that. James Harden, and now we're we're seeing the younger guys. We're seeing John Morant. We're seeing Zion. We're seeing Lonzo. We're seeing Shea Gilgis Alexander, Donovan Mitchell. You know, just. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., even though I know he's been hurt for a large part this year, but that's really what I was looking the most forward to and, and that I'm, I'm kind of bummed out that we're not going to be able to see some of those matchups, but I don't know. Who knows? We still, like we said, we don't know what's going to happen by some miracle. If the, the season comes back, we'll just kind of have to, to, to ride that out and, and kind of see what that looks like. So now, now that we're talking about, you know, potential, you know, playoff matchups and if the team or if the league returns to play this year, you and I have been kind of batting this idea around for about the last week. Something that I'm really excited about. We've been putting a ton of, of man hours and work into this, trying to figure out how we wanted to do this, how we wanted to format that. And, and I guess really the, the, the starting place that I guess we can pick up at is um, if you follow Spencer Dinwiddie on Twitter, right? I think it was about a week, week and a half ago now. He sent out a series of tweets, right? This is kind of how I want to set this up. And basically his idea was, I and I guess it wasn't even really his idea. He heard somebody else bring it up, but he has a bigger platform. So he kind of put it out there that the NBA, if they were able to return to season uh, this year to play a few tune-up games, which I don't really see if they do return. I don't see that really being a, a large possibility just because of time restraints. But he was saying you could kind of make this like a March Madness type of thing, right? Seed the entire league one through thirty, and um, you know, just go from there, right? So he's talking about seven game series starting with um, you know twenty twenty six teams, if I'm not mistaken, um, and just kind of going from there, right? having play-in games, everything like that. So mm-hmm. you and I have been talking about how, how can we kind of bring that to life? How can we bring people some you know excitement, right? Okay. So what we've decided we're going to do uh, over the next six weeks, starting next week, is we are bringing to life what we call the Dinwiddie Cup. So what the Dinwiddie Cup is, right? We don't have real basketball. So the only option that we have is to turn to NBA 2K20. So we are going to create the Dinwiddie Cup ourselves here at the Six Man Show. The way that's going to work is we are going to seed every single NBA team 1 through 30 based off of their current win percentage. We're throwing conferences out the door. We're, we're kind of modifying Spencer Dinwiddie's idea, if you will. So the top four teams, Lakers, uh, excuse me, Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Clippers, they're going to get a first-round bye. Luke and I talked, the league would hate to put this kind of tournament together and see 
any of their best four teams, any of the big market teams, go out in the first round. That would just kind of give the the interest in the NBA possibly just straight into a nosedive. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to do is we're going to take the bottom four teams and we're going to have them play in two separate play-in games. So you win, you're into the tournament, you lose, you go home. Now, we're going to turn that first round matchup into a single game elimination. So we're talking about seeds five through what at that point would technically be 28. One game, winner winner moves on, loser goes home. So theoretically, we could have a matchup like you know, the 76ers and the Phoenix Suns. 76ers at, are at home, and in one of our test simulations, the Phoenix Suns won and moved on. How crazy would that be if it happened in real life? <laughs> Second, oh, man. Jeez. Yeah. That, sec- be, the, the whole thing is, is, I mean, it's it's all a shootout, the first, you know, single elimination, first round. It's uh, March Madness on steroids because it's professional players, and you know how hard they would go if it was single elimination. So, yeah, we're talking about, like, they were to if they were to televise this if we were able to have fans that would be absolutely incredible but that's just not realistic but even going through these simulations it was it was kind of hard to watch them and not get excited we just have we have no ex- sports going on right now so um, <laughs> just even that was enough for me to just like Kelly Oubre hit a huge three and I was just like freaking out put the Suns up one with like 15 seconds of I'm like oh my god I can't believe the Suns are about to beat the 76ers which is exactly how it would go down in real life right oh, so second. Of Second and third rounds, we're going to go to best of five game series for time constraints. We don't want the season carrying on into August, September. We want to try to have some, you know, semblance of a of an off season if we can. Uh, and then the the semifinals and the finals, we're going to do the same way. You know, they do it in the in you know the regular NBA playoffs, best of seven game series. We're going to live stream all of that on Twitch. We're going to be bringing updates every single week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Luke is going to be doing. We're going to try some you know play by play stuff. Some you know some color uh, <laughs> analyzing and all that. It should be a lot of fun, man. We don't have any basketball, so this is just yeah. We're gonna we're we're going to simulate most of the games in that first round. Uh, we're going to simcast NBA 2K20, if you're familiar with that at all, just because there's going to be so many games to try to fit that into one episode or into one stream is, is going to take a lot of time. So if the game is close, like within five or six points going into the last two minutes, we are going to stream the final two minutes of that game in its entirety, and we're going to modify that as we go on through the playoffs. So the first week is going to be the first half of the first round. Second week will be the second half of the first round. We'll do the same thing with the with the second round. One week, the first half. Second week, the second half. And then from then on, it'll be one round per week, and, and we'll continue to do that. So this is something I'm really excited about, Luke. I don't know about you, my man, but just to give you know the listeners and, and people some – just people are scraping whatever they can right now to try to get some – NBA some content in their lives so it's going to be a lot of fun I'm looking forward to it yeah man and I think uh kind of the last thing before we go I just wanted to uh kind of lock in our our predicted winners for for the Dinwiddie Cup do you have a uh a winner that you that you think you you think is going to win the whole thing uh this this was still this has been kind of my favorite all season I'm gonna go with the Lakers man I just think it's it's a league of duos as as good as the Milwaukee Bucks have been in the regular season we haven't seen them really able to get it done we saw you know them struggle to it's a it's a team built around Giannis and then a bunch of three-point shooters last year especially in that Raptors series they just struggled to knock down shots and that's what the playoffs come down to we saw it with the Orlando Magic against the Raptors we're getting good looks at times but just couldn't knock down shots so until I see it I'm not necessarily going to believe it. I believe in Giannis, but it's the rest of their role players that I don't necessarily believe in just yet. So the Lakers have been my favorite all season long. I still think LeBron has enough left in the tank. I think Anthony Davis has a lot to prove. And it's a, it's a league of duos right now. It's your best two guys against their best mm-hmm. two guys. And I think they ha- they still have the best duo in the league. Yeah, I think that uh, I think I'm going to switch it up. Uh, I was thinking Lakers, but... Um, until recently, uh, I think my pick because it is 2k, um, and, and factoring in the depth of the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, I think I'm going to go Los Angeles Clippers in real life. I'd have the Lakers winning the championship regardless. Uh, but in this 2k simulation, I think the, the Clippers are going to be my team. 
I and I, I can see where you're going there because 2K doesn't necessarily. I mean, I know there is technically a stat for team chemistry, but it doesn't really bring into effect like the fit and everything like that all of the time. Right. So I could definitely just because, like you said, just going off of their depth, they just got a lot of guys, right? right. And in the in the NBA in the playoffs, that's what it comes down to a lot of times. I felt especially in the Raptors series last year with the Orlando Magic, that the Raptors just had more guys, right? Like, we had Vooch going yeah. into the, 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 the series. Once Mark Gasol and, and, uh, and Abaka kind of put the kibosh on Vooch and he mm-hmm. was putting up numbers like 10 points and 8 rebounds, we didn't really have a lot of answers elsewhere. Game one, we had DJ Augustine, who basically in that entire second half got shut down by Danny Green. Everyone knows he hits the the huge shot at the end of the game to to steal one in Toronto. But we saw guys like Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, just all these guys having you know multiple ball handlers, guys that can just go and get their shots off at any time. So you look at the the Clippers. You know they they've got guys obviously Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but also have you know Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams. Um, Whichever Morris twin they signed, I always get those guys mixed up. But um, no, I definitely get that. I respect the pick, and we've got to we've got to disagree sometimes. We can't always agree on the same thing. That doesn't really do us any favors when we're we're looking for things to talk about. So, so you're you're going Clippers. I'm going Lakers. Uh, in the the first round, the Magic will be, will be playing the Trailblazers uh, in that matchup. And in the simulations that I've run so far, the Magic have come out on top each time. So. Hopefully the Magic move on into the second round, give us a little bit you know, more time to talk some Orlando Magic basketball. But it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, like mm-hmm. we said, we're going to be live streaming all this as we do that. So just give people something to talk about. We don't, we don't have much to talk about right now. So right. it's tough times, man. Absolutely. Especially yeah, it for, is, but for content creators. We're going to take what we can get. So uh, this will be, be fun. Hopefully... Uh, the listeners of the show find it entertaining as well. Um, I think that it'll be uh, it'll be pretty fun to watch. We're going to be uh, releasing kind of like a, a promo video later this week, so make sure you guys uh, are able to, to check that out, share that with your friends. Maybe we can you know get Spencer Dinwiddie to, to catch wind <laughs> of this whole thing. Maybe get him on the pod. I, I don't know, but um, a, a big thing you know we can get a lot of help from you guys though. If, if there's things that you guys specifically want to hear us talk about, or if you have any ideas for the show. Feel free to let us know. You can hit me or you know or Luke up, uh, you know on, on on Twitter or you know at the Six Man Show on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook, all of that good stuff. So, but yeah, guys, just stay healthy out there. It's crazy times. Just do your best to stay indoors. Take care of you, your family, and uh, yeah, man. I don't really have anything else. Do you? No, I think we're good. First episode with my man Luke here is coming to an end. I think it went pretty well. Obviously, the more that we do this, we We'll get, we'll hit our stride. You know, we'll, we'll get there. But for a for a first showing, I thought it was pretty good. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I'm looking forward to more reps, and uh, with as, as it is with everything, the more reps, the better we'll get. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show for Luke. This has been Jonathan. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!